Good morning, River Ridge Church. Let's try that again. I know that we're all nice and awake because we've been sleeping in because we got to skip first service. So let's try it one more time. Good morning, River Ridge Church. And good morning to all you people out there that are probably going to listen to this on the podcast or watch it on the website later this week because you weren't able to make it out to church this morning. Um, Thank you guys for braving the elements and getting out uh, despite there being a ton of snow. And by a ton of snow, I mean like literally less than an inch on the roads. Uh, You guys are here. You guys made it. So give yourselves a round of applause really quick. I... I got here, uh, I woke up about 7 o'clock this morning, um, I said I'm going to get there nice and early to prepare for my sermon, because I get a little nervous if I am like, uh, just don't have enough time to prepare. So I got here about 7.30, and then all of a sudden they started making the call that we weren't going to have first service, and I was like, well I've worked about 15 hours on this uh, sermon, now God's given me four more to correct it. So hopefully uh, what God wants to uh, be said today will be said, and we're back today in our series called A Time for everything. And I'm hoping that uh, now that we're towards the end of January, you guys have gotten an opportunity to slow down a little bit from what I'm sure was a hectic holiday season. You know, for me, it seems like every single time uh, that Christmas rolls around, it gets more and more busy. And it seems like this year was definitely no exception. So I hope that now that January has started up, you guys have been able to rest a little bit uh, and start counting down to all the Hallmark Christmas movies that are about to start coming on in about a month or so. So, um, <clears throat> sorry I'm getting a little choked up. I was back there worshiping. Uh, the band was great today, by the way. And I was back there singing, and then all of a sudden the hazer started coming on, and it was like, <clears throat> I was like back there dying. Um, I had my eyes closed. I was like, you know, just singing my little heart out. Thankfully, I didn't have my mic on at that point. Then the hazer comes on. It's like, <clears throat> So anyway, if I start getting a little choked up, just excuse me. I'll take a sip of water and be like that guy during the water crisis and just slowly take a sip and look you in the eyes as you realize that you don't have any water to sip on. So um, today we're back in our series called A Time for Everything. And basically this series is all about the fact that in our life we have different seasons that we go through. And so our first week, Matt talked about there is a season for wisdom. And basically what he was talking about during that week is there's a time to, uh, to know or a time where we need to decide which season we need to go into, right? There's a time that we have to use our wisdom to choose what season we're going to go into. And then sometimes that season chooses us and we need the wisdom to figure out how to get through that season. And through uh, talking to Matt, one of the things he wanted to make sure that I made clear was that in this idea of having wisdom and, you know, growing in the Lord and growing in our faith, uh, we believe here at River Ridge Church that you can't do that alone. We believe uh, that life is a group project and you need other people to help you out. And so really quick, I'm going to insert a shameless plug uh, that if you haven't joined a Ridge group yet, you need to do that. Small groups are absolutely one of the best things that we do here at River Ridge, and it's definitely your best opportunity to get plugged in with your church family. So if you're not in a Ridge group, there's a couple ways you can uh, sign up for one. You can go on the website and look there. You can go on the app and look there because we're like all into the 21st century stuff. Or if you just prefer to talk to a face, you can go out and meet Bruce in the lobby after service today, and he'll get you hooked up with a group that'll be great for you. 
And so in week two of our uh, series, A Time for Everything, which by the way, I've been really struggling like with what the title of this series is even called. Um, every time that I've rewritten my sermon, I've put a different title on it because I just can't remember the name of the series. It's just kind of confusing for me for some reason. Uh, there's a time to be forgetful, I suppose. Uh, so there's a time for everything. Our second week, Matt talked to us about the season of work. Right? And all of us are like, yeah, that's the, that's the season I hate the, uh, the most. Um, but what Matt was talking about in that season for work is that there's going to be a time where all of us have to uh, get down and dirty and we have to do work. And sometimes that's challenging because we feel like our jobs are so pointless or it's just something we do for 40 hours a week uh, to make money so we can support our family. But last week, Matt talked to us about the fact that our jobs are really a great platform for us to be able to share the gospel with other people. And so last week, Matt encouraged us to take God into our work. And he talked about a verse in the Bible that basically says, no matter what you do, do it as though you're doing it for God. And so I hope that that was challenging for you all as you went into your workplace in this past week or did whatever work it is you do, uh, whether that's going into a workplace or being a stay-at-home mom or whatever it is, I hope that was challenging for you that you could take God into that. And so today I get to talk to you about a, sea, uh, like a season of life that I'm really passionate about. And the reason I'm passionate about this is because uh, in the past year and a half, I've kind of been focusing on this idea, um, and I'm going to introduce you to that here in a second. But through uh, following that idea, that self-help mechanism, it led me back to the Bible. And it led me back to the example of God, and I think it will absolutely change our life if we really dive in to this this morning. And so this season that I went through, like I said, about a year and a half ago, uh, started with this self-help teaching called minimalism. Does anybody, by show of hands, has anybody ever heard of minimalism before? Yeah, some of you guys are like, oh, it's those crazy dudes that literally have one shirt. Um, the other day, my mom asked me, she said, hey, are you going to wear a different outfit to preach in uh, this week? And I said, no, I'm a minimalist. Like, I have two shirts, and, you know, the odds are pretty good that I'm going to wear one of the same two. So anyway, the idea of minimalism is this. Uh, essentially, getting rid of all the clutter in your life that you don't need, or put more eloquently, it's getting rid of the things in life that don't matter to make room for the things in life that do matter, like family. And J.B. Ward, because he's a close friend and he's staring at me. Everybody give it up for J.B. Ward. He's great. I don't know why. He's just a good guy. Uh, anyway, so we, we uh, get rid of the clutter in our lives. We remove the things that don't matter to make space for the things that do matter, like family and faith and uh, friends and all these different things. And one minimalist in particular that I wanted to show you guys is actually kind of cool. Uh, so go ahead and put the picture up there. This is a guy named Colin Wright, and he's one of the go-to minimalist speakers. And essentially, Colin decided at one point in his life, after having a really nice job and having a lot of money, that he wanted to become a minimalist. And so what he did is he got rid of his house and his car and basically all of his clothes and all of his physical possessions. And now Colin, as a minimalist, lives out of two bags and he travels all over the world, and he says, I am such a minimalist, I don't even have a home. So minimalism can go really, really far, or it can go really, really not far if you're like me and you just can't bring yourself to get rid of everything. Um, it, during that season of life, I also thought that getting rid of my dog was a good idea because she pees in the carpet. And so I was like, well, if I'm going to be a minimalist, I might as well get rid of everything that caused me problems. Um, my wife wouldn't let me do that. So anyway, 
I went through the season of minimalism where I started going into my closet. And I was like, I'm going to get rid of this shirt. I'm going to get rid of these pants because I don't need them anymore. And uh, you guys can see where we're at. We got one pair of boots, one pair of jeans, one shirt, and then this little pullover thing. We wash them every couple days so they don't smell too bad. Hashtag minimalism. So uh, as I was kind of following along with that, I got into this season of also listening to things like podcasts and blogs and YouTube videos. And the more and more that I got into this minimalist mindset of getting rid of all the material things in life that cause me problems, I started to realize that it wasn't the material things that were causing me problems. It was the way that I was relentlessly chasing after those things that was causing me problems. And so I realized that I was just getting exhausted. You see, the pursuit of all these material things was leaving me tired. And I think that a lot of you guys right now, whether it's because of your pursuit of material things or just because of the way life is, you would admit that right now you're tired. And so I started listening to more podcasts, reading more blogs, and I found this next and new thing uh, because we're all about taking next steps in our life. And I got into this uh, extra self-help movement called slow living. And basically slow living is this. Uh, they want you to ditch technology and move back to a slower paced life like some people experience, like my parents back when they didn't have TV and stuff. Um, so anyway... The more and more I got into this uh, particular self-help thing, I started to realize this is actually working. My anxiety was starting to get reduced. I was starting to become happier, uh, all because of doing things like not watching TV and hand-making my own bread, uh, which lasted for about a week until I realized it's way easier to buy some at Kroger. Um, so anyway, I started thinking that this is finally the key to contentment and peace in my life. I felt like I had finally got it and that this idea was revolutionary until I listened to a podcast by a pastor uh, named John Mark Comer, who is a pastor up in Portland, Oregon. And this sermon kind of had a minimalist feel to it, also a slow living feel to it. But then at the end of the sermon, he presented this age-old uh, tactic that the Bible presents, and that's called Sabbath. And the idea of Sabbath is that you and I, as finite creatures, we get exhausted and we need to rest. And so today, our, seri or our season that we're going to talk about is a season of rest, or there's a time for rest. So guys, I want to ask you a question. This is kind of the question I asked myself about a year and a half ago. And let me tell you, I haven't mastered this yet, this act of slowing down uh, and taking rest. But I want to ask you this question. When is the last time that you truly felt rested? And some of you guys are going to be tempted right now in your head to say, well, I felt rested this morning because I slept in and I got eight hours of sleep. But the rest that I'm talking about is not necessarily physical rest, but spiritual rest. Not rest for your physical body, but rest for your soul. And as we start to talk in those terms, a lot of you guys would probably start to say, yeah, like it's been a long time since I truly felt rested. And so as I started to look more into this idea of Sabbath, or the Hebrew word Shabbat, I realized that the meaning of that just means to cease and desist, right? So it's essentially the idea of you and I, because we feel like we have to always be productive and we have to always be doing more and more and more, God looks at us and he says, I need to implement something that'll slow you down, and he commands Sabbath. And don't get me wrong, I think that productivity and work ethic, those are all really good things, but at a certain point, we venture into this mindset of hyperproductivity that was never intended for you and I. You see, one of the reasons that you and I are tentative about resting is because we wear our busyness like a badge of honor. And some of you guys would be like, yeah, I don't really do that. And the more you think about it, you realize 
that we kind of like, we tell everybody, man, I'm just so busy. I'm just doing so much. We wear that like it's something to be proud of when in reality, our spirit, our soul is so exhausted and tired. And eventually this pattern of overworking leads us to feeling anxious, burnout, and exhausted. You know, I think that in a day and age where we are so connected and we are always told to be so productive, it is no surprise to me that we are also more anxious and more depressed than we have ever been before. And when that occurs, I think it's difficult for us to enjoy the life that God intended for you and I. You see, in the Bible, it says in John 10, 10, we love this verse uh, in student ministry. It says that Jesus came to give us life and life to the full. And so many of us are so busy and tired that we will never be able to really experience that life. You see, in the Old Testament, uh, Sabbath had a lot of rules. You couldn't walk a certain amount. You couldn't uh, get up. You couldn't cook. You couldn't do this. You couldn't do that. There was like certain days and certain times that you had to practice Sabbath. And in our context, we don't believe that we need to really follow all those rules. But I do think that the principle of resting is something that God would say, you still need that. You still need to slow down. And so this morning, we're going to take a look at just a couple scriptures that talk about Sabbath. And not only that, we're not going to talk about people resting. We're going to talk about God himself resting. And see, one of the things that was confusing to me when I first started learning about Sabbath was the idea that the Bible says that God never grows weary, but for some reason, he still needed to stop and rest. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And so this first instance that we're going to look, about, uh, look at today is in the book of Genesis. And you all know the story well, right? It says, in the beginning, God created everything, which is absolutely amazing to think about. I mean, when you think about it, rocks, hills, trees, animals, plants, humans, like everything created by God. And it says he spoke them into existence. He had that kind of power. It says that before God, there was nothing. And then he says, let there be light. And like, there's like awesome stage lighting and like neat, you know, thread designs and stuff on the River Ridge stage. Um, but ultimately, in Genesis 1 and 2, we read about a creation story where God creates everything. And whether or not we can like fully understand how that happened, we can read the Bible and know that it did happen, right? So we don't know, was it literal seven days? Was it not? I don't, we're not going to debate that stuff right now. All we need to know is this, that God created everything. And it says this, that finally after six depicted days of creation, the author states in verse 2 of chapter 2, it says this, By the seventh day, God had finished all the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all our work. And so I started to look back and I started to ask myself, why does God need to rest? I mean, he just speaks all these things into happening. Why does he need to take a step back? Why does he need to rest? And my first reason is this. I think that rest allows for celebration. You see, the thing is that a lot of times we get so caught up in our work that we just keep going and going and doing more and more that we never get to stop and look back at the things that God has already done through us. And I think that God did this for himself. For six days, he creates everything, right? He transforms everything into the world that we now know where it's functioning and working. And then on the seventh day, rest allows him to celebrate all of those good things. You see, in the Bible, it says that God looks back on his creation. And he says, all of that is so good, right? And I can imagine, like, can you imagine being God and you just created, like, all this beautiful stuff? My wife and I went to Iceland uh, this past summer, and I cannot imagine when God made Iceland and he looks back and he goes, 
holy moly, like I did that? Like that was pretty impressive. Um, it's kind of like me whenever I try to follow along with a Bob Ross video and then I kind of make something that looks kind of similar. I'm like, holy moly, I did that. <laughs> Look at that. Um, by the way, if you guys don't take time to watch Bob Ross, that is a restful activity. That is a good thing to do. Um, but guys, I think that rest allows for celebration. You say, admittedly, one of the most difficult yet fulfilling weeks of my entire year, every single year, is usually the first or second week of June. And it's when our Young Life area goes to Young Life Camp. And if you don't know anything about Young Life Camp, uh, it's like literally all the things that make me uncomfortable packed into like a compact five and a half day period. It's literally terrible for me. I hate it. Uh, But it is fulfilling. Uh, And I'm going to tell you why here in a second. But uh, it's difficult for me because a couple things. One, it involves being away from home. Okay, I don't like that. Physical activity, which obviously I am not used to. Uh, It involves copious amounts of sunscreen, which is disgusting. Disgusting. Like, no matter if you use the spray type, it's like spray paint, and then you like touch your skin, like, uh, that stuff's bad. But then the lotion, oh, the lotion, that is disgusting. So, copious amounts of sunscreen, which is gross, and pretty much nonstop interaction with people, which I would uh, typically call myself an introvert. So, interacting with human beings, especially teenage human beings, for an entire week, that is hard. Um, So, Young Life Camp is difficult for me. It's a week of obstacle courses, dancing, singing, and being in the sun almost nonstop, which means for me, it's literally the worst week of the year. It's a week of 18-hour days and a few hours of sleep, and it's just plain exhausting. But every single year, no matter how tiring that week was, I love the feeling of getting on the bus late at night at the end of camp. And the reason that I like that is not because I'm ready to get away from all these kids, which many of you guys have been to camp with you. It's not that I'm ready to get away from everybody. It's simply because in that five or six days, I've not had enough time to slow down and reflect on all the things that God has done, right? But when we finally get on that bus, it's time for celebration. It's a time to look back and say, man, we were there with 600 kids and 75, 100, 150 of them decided to follow Jesus. Like, bravo, That's amazing. And so that time of getting on that bus is a time of celebration. Or maybe for some of you guys, you can relate a little more to this one. It's like getting married. You plan your wedding, you plan your wedding, you get exhausted, you shell out way too much money, you finally get to the wedding day, you're super stressed out, you're always crying, your makeup's running everywhere. Not that happened to me. Um, That would have been really awkward. Your makeup's running everywhere, you do the ceremony, you get married, you put on the ring, you go home, and you celebrate because, thank God, the wedding is over. Uh, We can all relate to that one. And in the same way, I think God celebrated his work on his Sabbath. And I think we need to carve out some time to rest also, because in that resting, it allows us to take a step back from all the things that we're doing and say, wow, God has brought me through all of that. That's amazing to me. So the second reason that I think we need to rest, I see demonstrated by God again in the Bible, but this time through the character, the person of Jesus Christ, and it's found in Mark chapter 1, verse 35. And in this passage, it says that Jesus woke up early in the morning before daylight, and he withdrew to a solitary place. It says, uh, like literally, it says this, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And so some of us are like, no, he's not resting here. He's like just starting his day. But I don't think that's the case. You see, when we look back at Mark 1, it talks about the day that Jesus had before this instance. It says that on that day before, he went out preaching in a synagogue 
And then he went out and he cast a demon out. And then he went and he healed a sick friend. He ministered to the whole city who had gathered at his door at sundown. And that was just one day in the life of Jesus. And so we get to Mark 135 and we read that it says very early in the morning, right? Very early, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. Guys, I tried my hardest this morning to get up early and I finally got out of the house, I think about seven o'clock and it wasn't still dark outside. This is impressive. Jesus says that he needs to rest so bad that he wakes up early so that he can finally get that spiritual rest that he needs. You see, later on in this passage, it actually tells us that Simon and some of the other disciples went looking for Jesus, and they actually end up interrupting his quiet time, which I was talking to a parent the other day, and they're like, it's so good when you walk into your daughter's room and she's reading her Bible, and then you're like, oh, I should probably leave. And like, this is what happens. The disciples are like wandering around. They're like yelling, Jesus, where are you? Like, it's time to do stuff. And Jesus is like, I'm just trying to rest for a couple minutes, right? He gets away and he prays and they ruin his quiet time, which is just a major party foul. Like, this is awful. And when they find him, they say to him, everyone is looking for you. You see, even after a jam-packed day, there was this expectation on Jesus that he needed to do even more. And I think that a lot of us probably feel that same thing too. A lot of us feel that expectation of no matter how much I did yesterday, I need to do even more today and even more tomorrow. And that ends up landing us in a place where we are just tired. I mean, can you imagine being Jesus every single day? You're walking around, you're trying to eat your Chick-fil-A and then somebody comes up and they're like, hey, my skin's falling off, can you fix that? And he's like, yeah, sure, and he fixes them, right? And then he's like walking down to Taco Bell to get like a Crunchwrap Supreme or something and he goes to order and the lady's like, hey, could you just tell me the secrets of life? And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like Jesus' life was constant interaction and constant fixing and I'm sure that healing, preaching, and feeding others was not an easy task. You see, Jesus was a busy guy but he recognized that he needed to rest. You see, the Bible says that he was fully God, but he was also fully human. And that's something that you and I have in common with him, that we are fully human. And a lot of times we are fully exhausted. You see, it says the disciples tell Jesus, everyone is looking for you. And Jesus' reply is pretty simple. He says, let us go to the nearby villages so I can preach there. You see, he had had the most exhausting day ever, right? He had had the worst Friday of all time. He was doing so much. It gets to Saturday. He's like, I just want to rest. The disciples say there's more work to be done. And he says, okay, let's go do it. But I think the only reason he was able to do that was because he was intentional about having that quiet time in the morning, because he was intentional about taking a step back to rest. I think the problem with our rhythm of life tends to be that we jump from one thing to the next way too quick. You know, we're the type of people that we have this awesome piece of technology in our pocket that costs like $752,000, and the second they announce a new one, we say, I have to work harder so I can get that one now. That's the way that we've been programmed. We've been programmed to constantly be chasing after the new and the next, and that's tiring. My question to all of us is this, how would we treat people differently or love others better if we took time for ourselves to rest before jumping into something else. You see, a lot of us are like, I don't have time to sleep. I just need to go to work and need to work 50 hours and then come back home, sleep for a couple minutes, and then do it all again. But the problem is, that is not sustainable, and you cannot keep that up. You know, the thing I keep coming back to is this. If rest was essential for God, then it's probably essential for me. 
And sometimes I, it's hard for me to recognize that, especially working in ministry. And those of you that serve in ministry or anything like that, you know there's always that next kid that you need to reach. There's always that other person that you need to be with. And the thing is, uh, and I'm speaking for everybody in here, but especially those of us in ministry, if God needed to slow down, so do we. You know, see, my challenge for you this week is to take an intentional day or at least a couple hours to allow yourself to spiritually rest so that you can do two things, so that you can celebrate what God has done in the past week and so you can prepare for what God is about to do in the coming days. And see, back in uh, Jesus' day, they followed the Sabbath guidelines. And there were a lot of rules. And like I said, I don't think we need to follow all those in our modern day and age, but I want to ask you to ask yourself, what would it look like for me to spiritually rest this week? I think there's a couple things that are kind of crucial to that as we wind up or round up today's sermon. The first one is this. I think we need to stop, right? Like it's pretty, like it's pretty easy. We need to stop. See, that task that you think needs accomplished right this second can probably wait till tomorrow. That project at work that's sitting on your desk will be there on Monday morning after you take a weekend with your family. You see, to rest, we need to slow down, and slowing down requires to us to understand that things are not as urgent as we typically think they are. You see, during my time uh, dabbling in minimalism and self-help, which, by the way, uh, let me just tell you guys, it lands you back in the same spot you've always been in. You're like, oh, this minimalism thing, it'll fix everything. It doesn't. Um, slow living, it'll fix everything. It doesn't. Uh, but my time dabbling in that, that area of life did help me with one thing. There was a, a famous uh, minimalist who kept saying this comment that I think really rings true. He said, most emergencies aren't. And when we think about that, most emergencies aren't. All these things that we think we need to do right now can probably wait. And if they can't, then maybe we need to attend to them. But we need to really rethink those things. You see, if the God of the universe was able to stop his work to rest, I think we are able to do so as well. The things that he needed to accomplish were and are much more urgent than the things that you and I need to do with our time. So we need to take time to rest. And the second thing we need to do, the first one is we need to stop. The second thing is we need to find something that will be restful. And for different people, that looks different ways. For some of you guys, uh, like my wife, it may be watching The Office reruns. Like some of you guys just love that. That's your thing. Uh, personally, I don't like The Office all that much. I know unpopular opinion of the day. It's just not that good of a show. But Parks and Rec that's where it's at. Uh, so for some of you guys watching Netflix or maybe even playing video games or watching sports or going out uh, on like a, a date with your spouse or whatever, those can all be restful. But I think we also need to be intentional about doing things that realign us spiritually, right? That rest uh, our soul and we need to take time to be with God. And so I'm going to encourage you all to do this. Maybe this week when you have your Sabbath, whether that's a full day or just a couple hours, Maybe take some time to spend it in the Word, right? Maybe take a little bit more time in prayer. Maybe for some of you guys, it's way easier just to sit and listen to worship music. And like, I used to be in a season where that was what I needed, including right now. I mean, my job, essentially, is to read the Bible and then tell other people about the Bible. Like, that's a lot of what I do. Like, there are days where I've just read enough of the Bible, and I just need to sit and listen to some worship music and let God talk to me through that. Or maybe for some of you guys, if you're like, I, I just don't want to like sit and meditate and like read my Bible and stuff, you're like, I just want to get out and be in nature. And that's a great way of spiritually resting as well. Take a day away, go to Fayetteville, grab some pies and pints and enjoy yourself because you need to find a way to rest. You see, no matter how you decide to rest, 
make sure that at least a portion of that is geared towards resting your soul. Because if everything we do is just helping us physically, then we're going to continue to be burned out and tired literally all the time. In closing, I want to let you guys know that this rest that we're all seeking can ultimately only come from one place. You see, lasting rest won't come from Zequil, it won't come from a drink, it won't come from a relationship, and it won't come from entertainment. The only lasting rest that you and I will ever experience has to come from God. You see, a common verse about rest that I'm going to close with today is this. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. He is faithful, and he is reliable, and he will deliver on his promise. Let me pray for us, and then we're going to head out, and you guys can rest the rest of the day. Dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the gift of rest. Uh, Thank you for the example of slowing down, and thank you for showing us that we can afford to do that. Even when it seems like we're so busy and it seems like the world around us is collapsing, help us to remember to take time to be with you and to spiritually rest so that we can celebrate what you're doing and prepare for what you're going to use us for. Help us to have a good week and help us to rest. In Jesus' name, amen.